everyone. Uh, well, I haven't done this in a long time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another E5 podcast. <coughs> I never thought I'd be saying that again, um, but we're back. Um, we're doing some more. How many? Only John and Dave know. Uh, no idea. And Mr. Skirm. Um, I'm Paul Meenan, and I am joined, as ever, by my beautiful and incredibly competent tag team partners. Introduce yourself, chaps. Hello, I'm JW. Uh, hey, Dave Watts, Spark Ninja. There we go, guys. We're back. Um, I yeah. don't know if we can call this another series, a special, whatever. It's um, it's. This is what it is. It's we we're always going to come back, but now we've bothered to try to make make us come back because we've got you know we've, we've we've not stopped talking. No. 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 God no. You know, um, we've, 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 uh, it's not as if we've just got back together. Uh, <laughs> We 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 just stopped recording all of us our, our, our <laughs> we just, conversation. We just cut everyone else off. No, it's um, it's been a, it's been ages since we recorded one of these. Um, yeah. when was the actual last one? Because we did. There's been so much since. I mean, we haven't released anything this year at all, other than I think it was when Amendment Two was that this year. Mm. I'm totally I'm totally lost track actually. When was the last time we actually did a podcast? Because we did I the webinars the, last year. The, well, wasn't webinars one of the last things that we did? Yes, it was. Yes, and then I did. I released a video at Christmas explaining you what did your talk. Was. You um, did your talk last video. I think was your talk at the conference. Your talk was. So I'm yeah. One of my voluntary roles is I'm chair of the electrical safety roundtable. So I was asked to speak at this electrical safety conference with Clive Betts MP. Didn't think they'd actually let me, so I just thought go for it. And that video is on our YouTube channel, and it's me telling an inconvenient truth. Um, to the industry but yeah so apologies there's not much been on this channel or dave's channel or whatever channel this appears on um but yeah we've kind of we've kind of been really busy but i mean if anyone dave, wants regular content they know if anyone wants regular stuff just subscribe to john not yeah. nowhere else just go to john yeah that's where the regular to... stuff comes from john has all the subscribers anyway um we have um apparently i checked this morning four thousand subscribers so it's gone up by a thousand without putting a video up how that works, I have no idea, but there you go. Oh, yeah. um, so only 4,000 lunatics are actually probably going to watch this. Um, yeah, we. I'll be honest with you guys, I personally said I wasn't doing any more. Um, and the only reason that I'm doing this is because uh, our good friend, Mr. Skirm, has yeah. um, stage four it's prostate, isn't it? It's prostate cancer. It's prostate cancer. Yeah, prostate cancer. So we have um, spent... I would think it's fair to say many, 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 many evenings and hours on private online chats with him while he's been sat in hospitals. The man is a machine. Um, I've never seen anybody like that in my life. Um, he's had COVID um, and we have tried our best to virtually be there for him as a, um, a crutch and a sounding board and mm, all that good but, stuff. But strangely enough, if anything, he's actually just... As much as we've been there when he's needed us to kind of like talk and that, he's he's been there for a lot of people on yeah. uh, on the Discord and stuff. He's and 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 you know my Facebook community. He's, he's always in there helping and stuff. It's, he is he is uh, quite unbelievable to be honest. He's, he's just got, yeah, and he's just got his fellowship now. You know, it's like for himself during all of this, which is inevitable. Yeah. It was inevitable to ownership. Paul, yeah, so Paul has been is battling stage four cancer. There is an article on LinkedIn and there's an article in the IET around foothold. I'll put the links in the description. And there's also an article in this month's Pro Electrician magazine. Pro Electrician, yeah. 
Um, but it's been, I think the last time we recorded a podcast was actually around September last year. So effectively, it's been nearly a year since we actually recorded a podcast. Yeah, time has um, flown by, actually. It's been a... Well, we, we did quite a lot of podcasting during the outbreaks of COVID. But, I mean, if I was to give a summary update of what's happened during COVID, um, I've lost four friends. I know not quite a few people have had it. Um, a very close friend of mine died of a heart attack. Another one died of COVID. I have recently just recovered from COVID, as you guys know. Mm. Um, I went to Ireland. I was double jabbed and um, ended up getting it on the boat on the way over. I ended up in the hospital on a ventilator. And that was just horrid in every way it can be. And uh, eventually got discharged from hospital in Ireland, came home, got readmitted to hospital in South End. Stayed there for a stint and yeah, I've only been back at work a few weeks. And the reason from my perspective that I'm doing these again was mainly from all the conversations with Mr. Skirm. So blame Mr. Skirm for these podcasts coming back because he was quite insistent that we had to do them and he will be in future episodes. And yeah, and the reason we reason we keep mentioning Paul there is because there's so much that we haven't reached on the previous because Technically, we're technically able, and we'd always need Paul Skirm to come on. So he is going to come on to someone we schedule them at a time that's best for him. Uh, but there's lots, there's lots to talk about that, you know, conversations he's going to have to carry. But yeah, it is one of the reasons that we're coming back with these strong. Yeah, it's, and um, he's he's been really busy while being off because he's been writing technical papers and articles, and he's been doing stuff and still helping people even when he's ill. And uh, and also, I think one of the reasons why we're doing this as well is we've got to get back into the swing of doing stuff because last year we promised to do some webinars and we've got to get them. We've got to get them done. Um, yeah. We've we've got a list of quite a few webinars that we've we've started writing and we're mm -hmm. plowing through them. And the good thing is, is unlike the last ones which we wrote lastminute.com, we'll have these finished in advance. So hopefully, winter time this year we'll be entertaining you with the live webinars on Dave's. Um, Sparky Ninja, uh, which will be oh, good. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we'll get them going. So yeah, forgive the rust because we are rusty and it's weird because everybody's listening to us talking as we would normally do. Um, but what we're going to do today, we're going to start off with something nice and easy because um, I don't do social media. Let's let's be perfectly frank. And I do since our last adventures together. I've removed Twitter because it's just a toxic wasteland and takes up too much time. Um, I've, I'm not on Facebook. Um, I haven't been on LinkedIn in over a year, thank God, because that seems to be just like Facebook. Um, and also Instagram. Instagram I'm, I, I enjoy as a platform because it's visual and audible learning. And if anybody does check out the E5 um, Instagram, there's lots of videos and silly memes. When I'm bored, I'll do something stupid and show my humor and try and put loads of educational stuff and coding practice on. And um, yeah, so basically that's that's all we kind of I do anyway. I don't know about you lads. Are you still all tweeting and all that malarkey? Are you still? Because I don't know. I don't bother looking at it as much as as, as as much as I used to. I backed off of Twitter because it's I, I can't really have the right conversations in in the character limit. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll reply to people if they if they you know if they tag me, but I'll I'll, I'll not try to start conversations going on there. Um, well, yeah. well, I still uh, use Twitter some of the time, but I've never actually got into this sort of great lengthy conversation and argument situation. You just normally get here's the thing or here's a reply. If you don't like it, well, too bad. That's it. 
and then they'll get better of it. What I want to what I want to know, John, is when are you going to start TikTok? That is never is the answer to or that. Talking, or talk, talking well, and ticking. Well, yeah. I can tell you now. While while I was, I have checked out TikTok, and mother of God, it is the strangest thing ever. Um, I don't get it. I, I even looked at Twitch the other day. Mm-hmm. Just don't get it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Um, evidently showing my age, but yeah, I don't really get it. But the one thing I do like about Instagram is I'm not a massive tool f- man. I'm not a massive giveaway man or anything like that, but I am loving some of the good practice stuff that we see. And I'm also seeing, while I'm really enjoying the good practice stuff, because it's great that people are showing it, and I've put some of my stuff on there as well for criticism, but um, I also see a lot of really bad stuff on social media. And the worst thing is, some of the people that share their their stuff on Instagram, they share it as, oh my God, look how wonderful this is. But when you look at it, you just go, that's completely non-compliant or that's really dangerous, but they don't know. And it's then, no. how do you approach them? So I obviously will never ever comment and go, that's terrible. That's, it's that is true. what you do. The only thing you can do is not comment because if you say anything negative, you're suddenly... You're a, a troll, uh, you're toxic, yeah, you're, you're, you're a horrible get the person. Anti, get the anti. You can try to even offer a a compliment or support that will give them a benefit to use next time, which is a way of saying you could have done better. Yeah. Uh, that'll be, that'll be, you, you get attacked for that. So yeah, I mean, often the biggest, the best way to do it is just not engage, which doesn't really help them, but that's not the, the big, big problem here with, with all this is these platforms aren't really used for education by the majority of the users. All, it's all entertainment. Look at, look at the way YouTube has gone. It's just, it's all entertainment really yeah i should probably said that so i've unsubscribed from all youtubers so apologies all youtubers um i just don't i'm i made a conscious decision when i came off twitter to not watch any youtubers with the exception of these two ragamuffins who are sat (laughs) next to me virtually there are there are a number of electricians i'll see mentioned on on twitter that they are you know they don't watch this they don't watch this they don't watch this no name a few that they do watch there are some that know how to use things like youtube for educational resources but People who land on there straight away, it's more of an entertainment thing. It's more of a popularity thing. Um, hopefully that kind of, after a while, fades off and they then start to rewatch the stuff that was educational. You know, um, if I watch a video that's entertainment, I'll watch it once and whatever. But if I find something that's educational, I'll probably like it and I'll probably go back. Or I'll Save even it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I get recommendations all the time. Um, from YouTube on electrical stuff. And, and I'll be honest with you, I've lost count of, of the amount of electrical YouTubers, but you're right, I, st- I try and stick with just the educational content. That balanced with my favorite thing, wrestling or Star Trek. Um, and, 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 and also while I was in COVID, I, I discovered the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes movies, which are all available on YouTube, 14 of them. And they are absolutely fantastically brilliant in every way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is now my favorite Sherlock Holmes. Um, just because I had so little to do in hospital, I just was so excited to watch one. I made sure I watched one every day. As mm. mad as that sounds. But now when you watch one, will you not just feel like you're in hospital? When I watched one, I, I made sure that this is really weird. Because I had so little to do, when I watched the first one, I was enthralled by it. Mm. So um, the next day I had my dinner at six o'clock. And what I did was I made sure that the trolley which it sits on, I basically put my camera my phone up against the soup and I just pressed play and I ate my dinner and watched it and for that one hour ten minutes I wasn't in hospital I was normal 
Right. I didn't have a, ca a cannula in me. I didn't have a oxygen thing in my nose. I was just normal. I know it sounds mad, um, but yeah, absolutely fell in love with those movies while I was in hospital. So, but anyway, back to Instagram. There's a term I keep seeing a lot of in work and in Instagram, and it's best practice, good practice, and it, it's Ooh. kind of doing my head in. Um, yeah, that that just, that just gets thrown in like sales spiel these days it's it's like a light fluffy cloud sentence mm. and so i thought i'd talk about it. i'd air my views okay. and then you guys can just say shut up paul you're talking rubbish or i agree with you so um and well, let's, can i just can i just butt in and say i mean you, you do take extra efforts to often show what you consider to be better practice sometimes knowing that the majority of people will go if you don't really do that you know on the on the e5 instagram you've often like you did that with the uh you did that thing with the meter tails where you put the little caps on that stops people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, what, you know, you, you, the, the bush. You're probably going to bring this up as we talk through. Oh, yeah, yeah. female bush. The, the on female, the, yeah. female bushes. You have a habit of going, hey, what do you think about this? And a lot of times it's the first time people have seen it. Yeah, yeah. and it's weird because it's kind of stuff I was taught when I was an apprentice. So it's normalized for me. So we have spoken in previous podcasts about the state of the education industry, which then immediately traumatizes Dave. Um, but it's in a poor state and, and the need for more education for that generation that are now intensely working, having done short courses, is more evident in the last year than ever. There is an inherent thirst for knowledge. And I thought it'd be really good if we just defined what good practices and what best practices, because loads of people say, you know, I, I, I promote best practices, I promote good practices. And so I did a bit of research on this. Uh -huh. So for those who are researching, there's, uh, what is it, 1,266 pages. Uh, that's 1,266 pages across the entire suite of building regulations, um, which is a secretary piece of law. Um, and at the very start of them uh, is regu building regulation seven, which is workmanship. And I just want to explain a few bits um, that shows why this is such an interesting debate because section two of building regulations seven says there are ways of establishing the adequacy of workmanship okay that's interesting so it then goes on about c marking but we all know mr skirman ahead going no 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 mm. there's lots and lots of fake stuff and um i've seen stuff c mark that doesn't meet european technical assessment or harmonized product standards can i just it, can i just butt in yeah go mate go for, for anyone listening they can pause or whatever now you're reading from a free to obtain document. I am. You can see how rusty we are. Yes. Yeah. So anyone who's listening, if they want to follow this, or watching, just, or watching, yeah, uh, you could just—is uh, it approved documents or is it on the publishing portal? Now? Yeah. The, oh, the, oh, I on it. It's, just Google merged approved documents, and yeah, you'll get all yeah. of them. So you're looking at approved documents, or you can download them as an individual bit. And you're reading now from approved document regulation seven. Yes, workmanship. Yeah. Um, Okay. Interestingly enough, it references methods of carrying out different types of work are given in other British standards, which normally would always say just good workmanship materials and materials must comply, la 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 la, the great circle of life. But mm. then workmanship immediately introduces independent certification schemes. So some independent certification schemes specify how workmanship will deliver a declared level of performance. The person carrying out the work should show the workmanship will provide the appropriate level of protection and performance. Protection for what? Is that good selection directional protection of the independent certification scheme? It, it's, uh -huh. it's a bit, a question. Doesn't really doesn't really give us much. But then it then goes on to say 
Schemes, which I hate because it's divisive in nature, includes competent person self-certification schemes that register installers of materials can provide a means of ensuring that work has been carried out by knowledgeable contractors. They are, John. You're a knowledgeable chap. Yeah. You want to join a scheme and self-certify that you, you do great workmanship. Please note that skilled, instructed and competent are not mentioned in this whatsoever. But John's a knowledgeable contractor and you will comply with the appropriate standards mm. if you one know they exist and two can afford a second mortgage to buy them all. Yeah, that's a major problem with standards in that they're so horrendously expensive. And if anyone hasn't gone and looked, just go and look on the BSI website and look at some of the prices. And there you go. You well, John, find that they can't be afforded. So I'm I must jump to the defense of the British Standards Institute. They will argue. Not that I've got a prepared statement, which I don't, but they will argue that inherent great value from the cost of these standards, as some standards are far more expensive and they deliver value in everything they do in a socially and responsible way. There we go. Hey, um, but it goes on more waffle when the building regs management systems. So I still haven't got a competent person. I've just got a honorable chap so far. The quality of workmanship is covered by a quality management scheme such as one that complies with BSEN ISO 9000. So basically workmanship is about quality improvement and the Denning plan do check acts. What a load of, it's basically saying workmanship is down to the person doing it to snag their own work and improve continuously. This is absolute rubbish. Years ago, there was a document and I've been trying to find it all day to be honest with you. And what one of the things it did do was it defined, I think it was a, some checklist for a local authority and it used to define workmanship as, let me see if I can remember this now, straight, square, flush, plumb, level, compliant materials, uh -huh, skilled uh -huh. and knowledgeable persons, correct tools, uh -huh. correct knowledge and application of construction techniques, methodologies, um, and you know, all that malarkey. Mm. This is now basically saying, be ISO 9000 unregistered scheme, um, being a self um, a competent person's scheme, You'll be a knowledgeable chap, so that's okay, John. Um, although you're not in a scheme, but you're still a knowledgeable this, chap. Hmm. And just follow the waffle in the standards. This just excuses every single um, point of view, though, because, you know, you could do the minimum to get one of those. We can get do the minimum to get all of those. So, and having those doesn't in any way get you good workmanship. ISO 9001 is about having six proceed. It's basically having six procedures, keeping records. It's an administrative behavior. It's, it's a habit yeah. like that. It's nothing to do with your skills at the workplace from the perspective of the craft. But don't worry, guys, because the document continues. <laughs> okay. Past experience. I'd like to see this in the regs. Past, Past experience, such as use in existing building, may show that workmanship is appropriate for the function. Now, is that it? Could I then say I've always used foam filler, so I'll continue to use it? Mm. Yeah, I, and then there's a section on tests, but it says tests can be used to show workmanship is appropriate. And it only gives three instances, and that's sound insulation, airflow, ventilation, and pressure testing. Nothing about electrical whatsoever. So, building regulation seven, this was amended yeah. by the way in July, <clears throat> is pants. Yeah, this is all think about the building itself, obviously. So, you think about seals, doors, windows you know, pressure testing and things like that. Um, so, doesn't, doesn't really help with craftsmanship or workmanship of electrical installations. Well, I'll give you a couple of different definitions of good practice that I found today. So the first one, good practice. 
which is your baseline level. So if you do something, if you if you're a contractor and you're working to the regs and you're certified in 7671, you are good practice. Good practice can be defined as something that worked well and produced good results, um, that met the standard, that served its desired purpose and is better than average. So there, there, there are four different definitions of good practice. So that's how can. All right. Let's say that I have just come out of a college. Uh, one of these rapid methods, you know, I've done my six week um, two, three, six, five. Uh, I now have. Some uh, acknowledgement of experience. I've worked with some people and I've got a, a membership and I've bought loads of books. I've joined the fan club, I've bought the books. I've got the books, I've got the tools. How can I still be confident that I'm going to do the right work and do the best practice and that my workmanship is good? No, I no longer have that kind of guide, that kind of um, like you would with an apprenticeship where you'd have a mentor. Now I haven't got that. How can I get that? Or how can so I feel this confident is where, in my workflow? This is where the, there is one positive about quality management systems. And I don't mean process. I mean that continuous in circle of improvement, plan, do, check, act. Someone who comes out of college is going to fail, but they will also know when they've done something well. They'll have their favourites. Mm. Yeah. For me, the advice I've always said to apprentices is go and do what you're scared of. I did. I was scared of central eating more and I went and did it. Um, I like the first definition, something that worked well and produced good results. Most electricians have that conversation in the van when they finish the rewire. What worked well? What gave them a good results? What didn't? But for some electricians, good results is when it just, it, it works. Doesn't actually mean it's not going to catch fire. Yeah, um, if, if there are any electricians like that are watching, please switch off. Um, just kind of point. But you know, you know, this, really. I mean, there are many. There are many that will just go right. Turn it off. Is it working? Hazard. Good workmanship. Yeah. If it's on, that's not the sort of caliber really that we're kind of aiming these technical. Um, symposiums at um, but so yeah they're the kind of four things for good practice so something that worked well produced good results something that met the standards something that achieved the desired purpose and something that was better than average now best practice so I think I've done best practice on my consumer unit downstairs I've put a lot of love and TLC into that that dump and now I've got a beautiful 21-way board with surge protection all the rest of it um, which you can see the photos on our Instagram account um, I spent a lot of time, by the way, in normal, if I was a normal contractor, there's no way I'd be able to do that level of quality. The only reason I did it like that was because I wanted to have it as a kind of a showpiece. Say, look what you can do if you're yeah. a lot quicker than this arthritic, cuddly person. Right. But to be fair, if I as a contractor liked the look of that, I could plan ahead and engineer that method of uh, that approach to the work. Yes. Probably a sacrifice of an extra half an hour to 45 minutes per board. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, there's this. It's definitely a couple of hours more work. But in all fairness, the reason it's taken me so long is just purely because yeah, joint pain and arthritis yeah. and stuff. And But I consider it best practice. Now, this is what I've researched from a definition of best practice. Best practice is something that produces superior results, i.e. to comply with all the legal, regulatory and ethical requirements. There's also another definition and that best practice is surpassing all others. Yes, my fuse board is best practice. <laughs> Prove me wrong, John. What do you think? Well, you let's let because John yeah. did a video on my board. Rate mm -hmm. my board, John. Yeah, the original one, which you didn't do, was uh, a bit rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yes, it was. 
Yeah, I mean, you can obviously, there is always a balance to be had between doing the absolute best and then obviously the cost of it and who wants to be taking that long and the price of it. But yeah, there is obviously a nice, there is obviously a balance in there. So you're not just doing the bare minimum is not really good enough. But obviously, as I said there, if you could spend an extra six hours making it all nice and tidy and putting all the bits on, well, on the other mm. hand, it's going to be probably a bit far the other way. So there's definitely some sort of mid-balance point there where you can definitely do better than the, I guess, the absolute minimum. I guess for, for me, the answer to, for me would be, right, best practice for me is where I'd say, right, if I spend more time on this now, is the only outcome going to be that it's going to look a bit neater? or a little bit more polished, or a little bit cleaner, then that might not be necessary. But if it's going to be a bit safer, a bit less of a risk, then I've not reached best practice yet, because I can put better in for, obviously, the uh, the fundamental principles and all that stuff that I need to do. Um, if, if the extra time and effort in is just for the aesthetics, and it doesn't inherently make it any better in the way of energy performance, heat losses, or anything like that. It doesn't do anything to improve that. Then I've reached that point where I, I would say, right now, that's it. Because like you can yeah. always do more. It's like art. You know, you can always carry on and do more and do more and do more to the point where you've just gone completely batshit crazy with it. Well, I think there is the one thing I like about Instagram is there is a lot of good, more good practice on Instagram than I ever thought there was in the industry and it's great to see because the ones that do the good practice um if i pick some uh, uh, residual current mike mm. he, he does good to best practice consistently um egw definitely best practice without a doubt benchmark best practice the thing, yeah the thing, with, the thing with someone like um egw is he's showing you all the little micro parts not the overall job it's Look at that bend. Look at that set, you know. And so you know there's, there's been there's been a lot of background of experience and time and effort to create that. And so it's like it's again it's a craftsman taking a picture of craftsmanship. Yes, and that that yeah, EGW is is unique difference buying a pre-made set and just throwing it on the wall. Yeah, he's definitely a unique Instagram account. I don't understand some of the drum and bassy stuff and images he does, but um, <laughs> no, he is up. definitely a best practice electrical installer and he's sharing knowledge freely, which is good. Uh, residual current's great. Bristol Sparky um, for a farmer. Fantastic spark. No, I shouldn't really call him a farmer, but he's been ribbing me today, so I'm going to rib him back. That's all the stories. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's an absolutely sound chap. Um, but yeah, so good practice, best practice. So as an electrician, are we aspiring to good practice or best practice? And I, I genuinely personally believe I've always tried best to do good practice, but downstairs I've done best. However, if I was doing it again somewhere else, I wouldn't critchly each call. I'd just get a dyno tape and tape it around each conductor a little mm -hmm. bit lashier. But um, I would still use the hot connect indicators because they're pennies and they're just really good assurance. Um, and I do like the, um, you can get now the little tubes, the exploding tubes in the fuse boards. I've seen a few people doing yeah. Envirograph. They don't sponsor mm -hmm. us. I paid for it. A really good, simple idea. If it gets too hot in there, it just explodes. If it's a fire. Fantastic. They're the sorts of devices that work from the original intent. Mm -hmm. So they serve a desired purpose and they're better than average. Yeah. So and they're not, everyone, they don't break the bank either. 
No, they don't. I think it was 15 quid for my one. And yeah. whilst lots of people have got confused over the whole metal enclosures and what it's supposed to do, and because everyone thinks they must be 100% fire sealed, that's not really what they were supposed to be. And we'll talk about that another day with Paul. Um, having something like that, there's nothing wrong with it. And I genuinely do think for 15 quid, you're absolutely laughing. Yeah. You're laughing. Do you want to sugar? Yeah, I mean, things like that. Obviously, there's an extra cost, but there's also a big benefit as well in that your house doesn't burn down if there's something goes wrong with it. So that kind of thing, definitely. So it's, again, it's about whether it's worthwhile and think, well, is this going to make a better result? And yes, mm -hmm. it is. Yes. And, and, and again, it's that well, I'm going to go back to fundamental principles, not that I haven't been reading it all bloody day, but it's that prevention of harmful effects of your installation. You know, if you've got a thatch cottage house, which we'll cover uh, on another podcast, these are the sorts of things that can prevent mass damage. You know, when there's a fire, it can do massive damage. And trust me, I know fucking enough about electrical fires um, over the last few years, but it can do damage. And if you can have something that can stop it, then that's great. I consider that as best practice because yeah. stopping a fire would produce superior results. Well, it's it's too early for us to start talking about Amendment 2. Um, but we know that there is some effort to reapproach and rewrite some regulations in Chapter 42 um, from that approach. You know, the... the uh, the was it the B do the B D two B D three these things have been there's been some rewrite for the approach to uh, thermal effects basically another, basically and we are going to reapproach that and we'll probably hold off some of the uh, some of the talk about we'll do one on um, on thatches though because we've got some good information on that so <coughs> we will we will that's a good point actually we will do another update podcast when Amendment two comes out which is March next year. March April time. Last I heard, I spoke with a couple of people last week. Is they're pretty much at you know the uh, point where it's got to be done. It's got to go through for uh, proofing and printing at some point. Okay. So, so what will? Uh, yeah, we'll just have to do that as a special then next year because yeah. I don't intend to be recording dozens and dozens and dozens of these as a weekly regulars. It'll just be cover the subject matter. I think we did say when we finished these last time that if we've got something to talk about, we'll do it. If we don't, I think with, I think the better thing for us to do on the E5 channel, mate, is to give everyone else a chance. We've got this period. We've had two or three years where everyone else is now doing this podcasts, yeah. uh, YouTube, and all this stuff. We'll let them all have their version and their interpretation. The manufacturers and everybody else. I don't really yeah. watch the other podcasts. No, I'm manufacturers. I'm talking about. Oh, right, gotcha. You know, Sorry. CPS, CPS manufacturers, and all these people do their webinars. And then we'll do the work, we'll look at the background, and then we'll have our say a month or so after it's out. I think. Otherwise, we'll be repeating ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we did the webinar anyway last year we when did. the draft came out, and that killed us. That was an intense two nights of epic effort. So yeah. I was quite pleased we did that. We got we, we got some early stuff in there, and hopefully we, we gave a different view from those who are financially incentivized, i.e. the manufacturers, to push certain agendas whereas we'd rather just have an objective engineering debate mm. um so what do you think john what were you what do you aim for then do you do you when you go out on the tools are you a good practice man or you're a best practice man well i think we'd like to go for towards best practice as if we can i mean obviously there are like i said before there are things where yeah, yeah it's just making it look pretty isn't it but if it's going to actually enhance the, the installation and add value and obviously make it easier to deal with in the future and whatever then why not because what what what's your, what's your approach when you come if you obviously a lot of your work a lot of your work is domestic so right yes 
So if you've got a client that's a bit toit, wants to spend less, um, just, you know, how much do you let that influence your standard of workmanship with regards to your equipment selection, your your anything? Would you let them have any kind of say with regards to the products you've installed? <laughs> Up to a point. I mean, if people want, say they want a new consumer unit, which is yeah. a fairly common thing, mm-hmm. especially with all the new stuff coming in. Obviously, you can buy consumer units from lots of manufacturers, and some of them are way more expensive than others. Yeah. So if somebody wants to pay a lot less for it, then yeah, you can get cheaper ones. So it might save a bit of money. But I think it would be better in that case to say, is it really worth spending slightly less now to get something which could be, the manufacturer could disappear next week. It's one of those sort of weird brands that just pops up and disappears. So if people want something that's a bit less, then yeah, the options are there. But I think you've got to think, well, is it is it really worth going down that route? And yeah. a lot of people will say, oh, well, actually, maybe not then. And you can go down like things like it's like if you're going to have a car, if you're going to buy a new car, there's lots of models to choose from. They will basically do the same thing. Mm. But on the other hand, are you going to want to buy a BMW or are you going to buy some unknown import brand you've never heard of? So, yeah, it, 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 it is difficult with some people because some people obviously just want to spend the absolute bare minimum on it. And in fact, in many cases, they don't want to spend the money at all. They're just doing it because they've been told that this doesn't comply and you want to rent it out next week sort of thing. Yeah. But um most people generally if you explain to them what the point of it is and what you're getting then a lot of people are actually happy to spend a bit of extra money and have a, a better quality installation knowing that it's going to be say if you bought a consumer unit and the manufacturer is still going to be around in 10 years time if that's a good point though. you know there's so many in. new there's so many new manufacturers now or new names or new labels coming out you don't really know if they're going to be here in a few years time yeah. So you put a new consumer in today of some unknown manufacturer, three years' time they want a new circuit for an electric car or something. Mm. Oh, sorry, this manufacturer doesn't exist anymore, so therefore you need another new consumer unit, which it's not exactly value for yeah. money, is it? This is why for my one downstairs, I mean, my one is fuse box, and I'll be very careful what I say, but I went with fuse box. I had a choice, and I thought, well, I'll go with the one that everybody is ranting about online. Yeah. CP fuse box, circuit protection fuse box, and... Um, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a difficult thing jump starting it because the minute I got the box as you do you open it up you've got the tails clamp and the first thing I did was you screwed the tails clamp to the back of the board well the holes in the clamp didn't line up with the pre-drilled holes on the board so I then had to ring up the people I bought it from and they sent me another board and then the second one came and the, all of the, where it's the fixing holes were they were all rusting so I had to get another board so I had three boards from the company I bought it from before I could actually get the tails clamping and get it on the wall. And then once I got the whole job finished, um, I did find that there's, I don't know where the way it sits, but you had like a almost half a width of a RCD gap on the left-hand side, which isn't that great. And and having installed it in my personal experience, mm. I I didn't see what the hype was. I can understand why they'd go too cheap, you know, or, or um, best value brand, whatever you want to call them. Um, but I, I, if I could, I would go with Wilex every single time. Um, I mean, I went with a 21-way um, RCBO Type A board, and for what I paid, they're good value. But as John rightly said, if they're still here in 10 years, or regardless of who they are, um, I have bought spare surge protection devices, and I've bought one of every single miniature RCBO just in case of obsolescence. Um, so if I need to do anything in the future, make any alterations, additions, I've got the right rating, the right size breaker, if the SPD blows, I've got um, something to replace it with. And I even, because I bought a main switch enclosure, I've, I've got two SPDs in series, which mm. is quite different. So um, 
luckily nothing's happened uh, to them. But I, I I can see why they're the go-to brand and they're selling truckloads. Um, but I personally would probably go with Wilex or Crabtree if I was ever to fit another board. I would go because I used to fit nothing but Wilex in domestic. They were my go-to boards, and mm. I, I regret I regret not going with them and getting a double stack board. Um, but as a as a fit and functional for the price, I think Fusebox for for Taipei RCBOs minimal compliance, reasonably sturdy board. As long as you get, don't get one that's got a few issues with it, yeah. I think they're a good go-to board. Right, so so you can definitely select Fusebox and still be satisfied with best practice. Yeah, there's nothing inherently there that you think. Well, that my you one is done better uh, with that. Just yeah. look at the photos on on our mm. Instagram account, and you'll see. Okay, yeah, I did go a bit bonkers with the Critchley's. Yeah. Yes, they took hours to <clears> stitch on. I'm a bit rusty with my cable stitching, but um, they, well, what, yeah, what they, about, they tick the box. What about um, USB sockets? Because I've got to make a couple of rigs for testing, so I just went for the cheapest thing I could find. I don't even know who this company, Long Life Lamp Company. I don't know who they are. All right, wow. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're quality. Um, but they're going to go on a they're going to go on a test rig, and I'm probably going to kill them with an insulation tester. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> they're not going in now. They're going on the test rig. I'm sure they're good. But so I have um, since we've obviously been off. Um, I have discovered the joys of a Skullmore, and this is not a paid advert. Yeah. But their USB sockets, the one with the micro USB C and Type A USB, I think they're the, the best. They're the ones that have the good power rating, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So you one of them. One of them will give you over three amps. It's it's fast yeah. charge. The other one is your normal one. But what I like about them is we're going to have a track. Everything's going to be Type C USB eventually. What I like about these is the devices you have that are old. It's backwards compatible. It's future proof. Mm. So when I went and did my dad's house in Ireland, I actually put some USB chargers in and around his house. And I find the Skolmore ones, were, they were really, really good quality. I thought they were excellent as far as so I normally use Schneider for all my sockets and switches. But Schneider don't do a USB-C one. So Schneider, once again, unfortunately, being very, very slow. No. Oh, they're very slow at making changes to their uh, product. Because they've got the shelves, haven't they? Yes, which I've got in my living room. All my, yeah. all my living room is Schneider with the shelves. and But I... Uh, if they don't hurry up, I'll end up putting the Skullmore stuff in my living room. <laughs> That's another good point, though. I mean, if one manufacturer doesn't kind of keep up with the others, you may end up being forced to change your selection choices. Yeah, I mean, there's no perfect single manufacturer of anything. I mean, for the like sockets and switches, I normally fit Crabtree and have done for years. But having said that, I mean, I did a kitchen the other week or last week, and the customer there didn't want a cooker switch with a big orange rocker <laughs> switch on it. Yeah, I and of know. course, they've had that huge, massive orange switch on it for forever. forever. So I said, well, that's fine. We can get some of the manufacturer. I ended up putting um, Schneider ones in because they have a nice white switch. Yeah, so I'll nice. just do the kitchen in these so that the kitchen matches, but obviously it won't be quite the same as the other rooms. But So again, there, there's nothing wrong with it as an electrical item. It's just the, the look of it because you've got this gigantic orange rocker switch on the front of it, which... Let's face it, it does look a bit ghastly. Um, so there is no perfect manufacturer for anything. It's just no. some parts are okay, but obviously other things may be better from but someone else. Let's talk, talk about Crabtree and those switches. I remember when I used to install MK, remember the uh, the, the pull cords for showers? Yeah. Those were so really, they were really, really hard to actually yeah. operate the MKs. And we Break did some work. after a few years. Yeah, we did some work in a sheltered accommodation 
and the, the the tenants just they, these old people couldn't couldn't operate them. Yeah. So we spent full MK except for those shower cords, which we had to spec crabtree because yeah. with those you could just do them with yeah. two fingers. So yeah, one manufacturer's single yeah. slits can change. I've, I've, I've found MK. I've walked away from MK for a number of years since Honeywell took over, just because I found the quality of the screws when you'd get a new socket. It, honestly, the amount Very of force soft. you'd have to put into it. Well, they they just cross thread. You'd have to put so much effort into just getting the thread to go. Um, this thing came out recently, which is the 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 Wago Vargo um, socket outlet from MK. Um, I did a review on this on Instagram, but it didn't save. And um, basically, in a nutshell, while we're here giving an update, it's made in Malaysia. So nil point for the made in Malaysia because from a carbon footprint, you've lost a sale. Um, okay. I want. I, I would. I wouldn't mind. I've. I've checked it with cables and stuff. And what I found was, I know there was a video online where somebody was pulling it, but that can easily be staged. Just because I did it yeah, I mean, on my Instagram and it, it worked well, but once you go down below yeah. 1.5 mil, you can get it pulling out. But realistically, where it's caught up in the back of a socket, it's not going to come loose. It's not going to move. Um, okay. The only question I had on it, which I haven't actually looked into or researched where things are going forward, is. Uh, if we have circuits with uh, protective conductor currents yeah. in excess of 10 milliamps, I believe, then we have yes. to have the high integrity earthing on our ring final circuits, and then we have to have our protective conductors in two terminals. No, we don't. That's going, remember? Well, amendment two is removing. We don't that. know what amendment two is doing yet. If the risk, in the draft, in if the the draft, risk assessment goes, then that yeah. goes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be applicable after that. Yeah, if that goes, then that that, that all they're going all they're doing That's is exactly. aligning with a European standard that already doesn't recognise that. It's going. I think it's, it will go completely because it is. the problem with that particular thing is that if you look at one of the other regulations about RCDs and the maximum um, current you can have in normal oh, yeah. use, it's thirty percent and it's nine, so you can't well, we can, we can comply with that. that and the other one as well. But we concluded yep. that, but that meant the risk assessment can't be used. Yes. Do you think that they'll actually do that? So you just have to, have to, have to have an RCD on a 30 amp socket outlet, yeah. regardless yeah. of where it goes. I think that's inevitable. Yeah. It's inevitable. And, you, and you're going to have places like, say, a school with computers on the, the, the outlet. You're going to have to have multiple circuits for each. Oh, schools, schools will have, like, literally a board for each, yeah. like, bench. Yeah. With, yeah, they do, yeah. With RCDs. transformers and stuff. But yeah. in food industry and stuff where I work, that is not going to... That is going to change everything. Everything's going to go to 60309. Money, money, money. Everything's going to, everything's circular going to economy, mate. But um, as far as the socket goes, I think I gave this an 8 out of 10 um, mm -hmm. for appearances and functionality and all the rest of it. I think I said that I wouldn't put this on anything less than a 35mm back box, preferably 40-odd. Um, but mm. massive thumbs down because it's made in Malaysia, and that's not me being racist or prejudiced. I really want to support British made products, British made manufacturing. And if MK made everything back in good old Blightly again, I would probably look at them and use these. Um, but I'm not, I'm, we, we need to be mindful now of our carbon footprint sustainability. And that's the first thing that it smacks at me. Also, it has a UKCA mark yeah, um, and a CE mark, which is interesting because you only CE mark stuff that's made to a uh, harmonized standard. And this okay. is British standard. So why have they put that on there? Throw, throw, let's, let's throw that argument back at the fuse box. I'm sure that's brought in. Isn't it? 
which you'd recommend, other, opposed to other boards that maybe are made in the UK? Um, how, how do we? I mean, what is it? Does it? Is it maybe that boards we wouldn't worry so much about, but if we use accessories where we buy many more of them, we would be a bit more. It's a good point actually, because as far as I'm aware, Fusebox is an English company or Scottish company, but yeah, but um, they're not they're not uh, buying them in. Uh, yeah, I think I think most Scottish. places do, but I think what's happening at the moment. I mean, I'm doing a lot of work at the moment in work on sustainability and carbon, carbon credits, carbon scoring, carbon footprints, and more and more questions are going to be asked um, of these sorts of manufacturers as to where are you sourcing your materials, what are you doing about your carbon footprint. And me personally, I would love to see a UK-based, we went to see Electrium. They've got a factory where they make them all there, but they also acknowledge they bring stuff in as well. Um, I'm sure Schneider do. I mean, Schneider makes a lot of their stuff in, uh, is it Swansea or over Wales Way? Yep. They've got a factory over there. That's where they yeah. make a lot of the uh, the the um, not the multi nine the uh, acti no what's that acti nine acti nine uh, a lot of that stuff's made over there. I don't know if yeah. the boards are made over there. Though. I, I it, purely on a, on a very selfish. I, I genuinely am a firm believer in mm. um, invest in Britain, invest in jobs, invest in apprentices. I'm not a politician, by the way. Just I I'm a massive fan of seeing local businesses doing well, investing in the local community um and and we we need to look at that sort of stuff in general i have always been in my workplace you know dave i specify british built switch gear all the time so i don't buy panel boards i buy switch gear made by switch gear manufacturer in nottingham um i always have done for most of my career um i'll name them bf switch gear great manufacturer um and they invest in the local community they invest in apprentices and i love that because that's money yeah. going into british businesses which but, i mean small tradesmen you know you can't pay, i mean we have these large i mean i saw a tv advert by a uh, sky talk about the fact they're going by 2030 to be um carbon neutral you know you have to it's very very loose as what carbon neutral means if a lot of your stuff is being bought it's from, a term invented you know, by the oil and petrochemical industries yeah. But, I mean, if you're a, if you're a, you know, if you're a sole trader and like that, you, know, you can't expect too much, can we? No, no. But I, I, I think from going to places like Alex, wouldn't it be great if you could go? Because let's be honest about it. I live down the road from the MK factory. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it be great? So I should. Oh, be not that one, obviously. I should be installed in nothing but MK and supporting my local manufacturer. But my manufacturer is importing stuff from Malaysia, which then potentially prevents. Basildon or South End jobs. If they if they made these in England, then I'd be back supporting them again. But I can't because I need to vote with my wallet, with my pocket. And also the quality of these over the last eight years or so since Honeywell took over has notably as an installer as well. I mean, my God, Dave, I have bought these USB sockets from MK at 39 quid ago, 35 quid ago. I've got about 12 of them in the shed. They're absolute mm. junk. They keep failing. They keep making silly noises. They're, they're not great. You should go with the Long Life Lab Company. These are about 12 quid. Sure, they're great. I can see it now. Sparky Ninja, sponsored by the Long Life Lab Company. Yeah. Right. Well, on that bombshell, um, just to thank everybody who is listening to this still, our little update ramble. Um, we will be back with more updates, hopefully with the rest of the lads, if we can corral everyone together. We will be looking at various other things, uh, regs from abroad and lots of webinars coming up. And we will maybe have one or two interesting manufacturers back on to talk about updates and various other stuff. So, um, mm. lads, have you got any final thoughts? 
Not uh, particularly, but I think just think about what you're fitting and why you're fitting it. Don't necessarily just go down for the, oh, because it's cheap, because cheap isn't necessarily the best. And in many cases, it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty much the same, really. As I said earlier, um, you could spend a bit more money. You could probably spend a bit more time, make it look neater. But at the end of the job, if you feel that you could have done more to make it better from the sake of fire risk or electric shock or even, you know, you can spend a bit more money to get a better level of protection, uh, then, you know, try and push push that point where you can't make it any better in those directions. Uh, to me, that's what good workshop or best practice for me is. So I'm going to I'm going to pick up on John, what John said about, you know, doing a little bit more, not buying necessarily the cheapest. That quote I gave you on good practice, that that benchmark, that minimum standard of good practice, um, something that worked well and produced good results. If you're an electrical contractor and you're getting called back because of product failures, then you're not achieving good practice. So no, you're just doing something that's fit, functional, works occasionally. So you're, probably you're, backs, you're probably losing money and losing reputation. You are losing well. money and you're losing reputation. So you're not meeting good practice. So best practice, superior results. I mean, I'll be honest with you. If somebody says to me, recommended go-to company for switches, Schneider every single time. Um, Skullmore for their new sockets in a domestic environment. Um, fuse boards, it's Schneider in a commercial environment. I've no objection to fuse box in a domestic environment as long as it's installed well. Um, but yeah, that's it really. So think about your reputation, think about what is good practice and think about what's best practice and what you aspire to be. And on that note, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back whenever with whoever on this next podcast. Until the next one, take care of yourself and each other. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.